What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. Uh, This podcast isn't just for church planters, though. It's for anyone who loves church planting and wants to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Before I let Matt talk... Uh, I wanted to let you guys know that our new website is now live. It's, Ooh la la. It's, yeah, we're excited about it. Uh, it's the same web address. It's www.getinthetrenches.com. Uh, it's just a much better website. Shout out to Jermaine Wall who uh, put it together because I don't know how to do things like that. So we appreciate him. Uh, so the reason we did this new website is we wanted to make it easier for you guys to be able to access our content and to refer it to others. Uh, So there's going to be a weekly blog post that corresponds to each episode, uh, along with other resources. It's going to be a lot easier to uh, just to find different episodes, things like that. And also, uh, we put together a cool little, uh, I guess, kind of ebook um, that's really just a, a, it's a curation of 30 of our favorite church planting quotes. And you can actually get that for free on our website. Uh, it's on the on the front page there, uh, and we also have links to other resources like book recommendations by topic. So we've got a list of of books that we think uh, are helpful and beneficial for church planters. Uh, so there's plenty of stuff to explore on the website. So do us a favor, head on over, check it out, let us know what you think, uh, and uh, we're excited to excited to hear your feedback on it. Okay, Matt, you can talk now. Whoa, hello everybody. Well, hello. <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. I know because you're texting right now. Well, I'm, so you're not focusing. I, I, I'm sorry. There. I don't think you're really that done. Sorry. I'm really not. Okay. I'm really not. What's texting. up, everybody? Yeah, man. The doing? website is going to be amazing. It is amazing. I've yes. already, have you seen? Well, you haven't seen it yet, have you? I haven't seen it. I have. It's not. I don't think it's technically <laughs> live, but I've seen it. Jermaine showed me. Jermaine is awesome, man. Behind he, the scenes, he re he redid our um he redid our website at uh. Fellowship Pickering, and it, it, he did a really good job with it. So he's super gifted. He is. Yeah, man. He is. What's going on with you? What are well, you up to? Uh, let's see. What's going on with me? Um, How's your life, man? My life is good. It's actually really good. God's been doing all kinds of all kinds of things in my life, showing me things. I'm learning. I'm growing. It's been good. Um, I am learning a lot from the Word. Uh, yeah. It's been kind of guys been showing me some cool stuff in the Bible, which is always exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, it's been, it's been Very good. Cool. It's really stinking cold here. It right is now. cold. It's supposed to be minus 25 Celsius this weekend, which right. is like minus eight Fahrenheit yeah. or something ridiculous. It was like negative that. 12 coming in this morning. Yeah. It's going to be place. crazy. And it's going to be, it's going to be minus 25 and windy. Yeah. Which makes it even worse. Yeah. So really bad. Why did I move here again? <laughs> God told you to. <laughs> That's right. God told oh, yes. you to. Oh, yes. What are we talking about today, homie? Man, we are going to talk about 10 things that church planters say that they probably shouldn't say. Uh-oh. That's what we're going to be talking about. So, uh, yeah, these are things. We should have got that. You remember that show from the 90s, Family Matters, Urkel? I do. Did I do that? We should have got. Did I say that? Did I say that? Yes, you did. We could make our own soundbite. <laughs> we and should just play it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know what we haven't done in a while? I was just thinking we haven't done any Nacho Libre what? clips. What? But I don't even think I can pull them up right now because it'd be too much, too complicated. Were you? Well, yeah, we're using a different laptop, and we I don't, don't know computer where they went. good. 
We don't computer good, no. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife is actually the one that sets all this up for us. That's right. So, yeah, without her, I would this wouldn't happen. So. Well, my, and, and my wife was debating whether or not to go back to a flip phone a couple yeah. months ago. That, so we have different wives. Yeah, I was like, no. You need a <laughs> smartphone. And she's like, no, I don't. And I was like, well, why are you always asking when we're out then? Why are you always getting on mine and looking up stuff? You need a smartphone. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so we got our new phone. Yep. 10 things church planners say that they should not. Yeah, man. So this we'll is just, good. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, uh, uh, you know, another way you could phrase this too would be like uh, 10 lies that church planters tell themselves, yeah. I think. Um, so uh, these are things that we've heard uh, just either that we've said ourselves at yeah. some point or yeah. things that we've heard other church planters say uh, just from experience. And so... Uh, we want to work through through these because uh, I think that uh, these are crucial issues, and so we're going to yeah. kind of blow through all kinds of topics over the next two episodes. We'll probably get halfway through on this episode, and then you're going to have to wait till next week hey, to get to the next. Hey, part. speaking of my wife, uh, she's the one that actually gave us an idea for this episode. Did she? Yeah, all man. Right. Shout out Erica Hess. Shout out Erica Hess. Thank you very so, much. So these are all hers ideas. All right, she gets all not great. really, but some. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump in, man. Let's do it. Number one thing that church planters say that they shouldn't is I don't need a mentor or a coach because God has given me a clear vision for the church. Wrong. <laughs> I can, I can actually say I've never said this one. I haven't either. Cause I'll, I'll be honest. When I read this one, I was like, that sounds super arrogant. It does. <laughs> but I've heard guys say this stuff, man. And, and, and I've, I, I remember one time I was with, I was um, talking to a guy and he said everything except for these words. But he was basically saying, like, I got this figured out. And I was yeah. like, no, you don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't need coaching, basically, is what he was saying. You know, I'm, I've, I've, I've got a lot of experience and stuff. And I'm like, you know, man, church planning is really different. Yeah, but I've done nursing homes ministry. Oh, okay. That should really prepare you. You know, the only people that say this What's that? are people that haven't planted a church yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody that's yeah. ever planted a church says this. And it, I, you know, we were just talking earlier this morning about yeah. how, you know, you like to joke and say that when you first met me, I was a little punk, right? Yeah. Um, and, spoiled and, little brat. Yeah. Spoiled little brat. And you know what? I was kind of, I was pretty arrogant. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, yeah. because when you haven't done this before and you know, you, you, you know, you're, coming up and thinking like, oh, I'm going to, you know, charge hell with a water pistol and <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm doing and I'm going to yeah. take on the the world. And you just kind of think that, oh, I know, I know how churches should look. I yeah. know how churches should be planted. I don't need no coach. I don't need nobody telling me. Yeah. I got this. Me and God, we're connected. <laughs> we're, we're, we're down together. <laughs> we're down. <laughs> and then Satan kicks you in the crotch. <laughs> and you're like, oh. He's one of my church members. Yeah. Uh, who's a, a a lady uh, in our church? She listened to our podcast for the first time uh, last week. What episode? Because, because of the the women in church planning episode. Oh, okay. And she told me. She said. She said I couldn't believe you guys said crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're like, potty mouth. I was like, have you? I was like, have you? Have you, have you listened to our podcast before? We're filthy. She was like, no. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're filthy. We don't actually. We really don't. I don't know if we've ever said that word before. But we we like to have fun, but we don't. Yeah, of course. We don't. We don't swear. No. But you know, I never. <laughs> we're getting so far off topic. It's okay. Hey, That's maybe. Hey, hey, man, this could be one things church planners say but shouldn't say. What about church planners like us, man? What is up with that, dude? Yeah, I don't. Do you know any? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, man. Scott Ryan, our, our network. Scott cusses? No, not oh. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki had washed his mouth. That was so. <laughs> Scott Ryan, our, our our network liaison for the fellowships, um, and he's on staff at Fellowship Pickering with me. He was telling me when he was in Ottawa, there was like a handful of guys. Mm. <laughs> they're dropping like f bombs and stuff. Wow. I'm like, yeah, man. I bet God's got his hand all over your ministry. I bet he does. You know, hey, don't worry about that personal There's, holiness, like, man. It's like the churches that um, you know now. Like there was one that I read about not too long ago where they planted yeah. in a brewery, but like they drink while they're in church. Yeah. Like they get they just start man, pound, that's pounding so cool. beers. Wow, and, that's cool. Um, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> it's like, how, you know, when you're trying that hard to be cool, you're probably not. Yeah, probably not. You're probably not. If you're one of those church planners and you're listening, I'm not. <laughs> some dudes drinking. Some dudes out there drinking a wine cooler. Yeah. Listen to this. I'm cool. I drink wine coolers. Anyways, <laughs> you're probably not if you're drinking wine coolers. I don't need a mentor coach because God has given me a clear vision yeah. for the church. So I also think that, you know, this could like. You know, this could also apply to, you know, like I don't need training or mm -hmm. I don't need to go through assessment or, yeah. you know, I don't need to be, I don't even, I don't need to be a part of a network, you yeah. know, like I want to be, you know, a lone ranger. I don't need a team, you know, right. things like that. Basically yeah. what it comes down to is I've got this, I don't need oversight or help yeah. or teaching. Um, I can do this on my own. <laughs> we literally had a guy one time say to us, um, he, he was uh, a church planning resident with us. And uh, he literally said to one of our network pastors, he said, when he was being questioned, you know, about some things he was doing, uh, well, I've, 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 I've pastored churches before. And this leader was like, well, okay, like, that's great, you know, but we're all under authority and stuff. And this guy, this guy literally said, well, I thought that, um, or he said, you know, our network leader said, well, you sign this covenant saying you're going to adhere to these things, you know, and, and uh, the resident said, well, I thought I'd just sign that to start getting money. <laughs> and we were like, oh, red flag. Yeah. So, you know, I think the bigger... I think the really the, the bigger issue here is spiritual authority. Mm -hmm. the, the guys that don't want to come under spiritual authority. Yep. They don't want to come under like the leadership of a pastor or an elder board yep. or whatever. They just kind of want to do their own thing. Yep. And you know, they don't they don't want anybody speaking into them and and they don't so they say I don't need coaching, I don't need a mentor or they'll say things like, "Oh, I've been mentored." And then what you find out is nobody's really had difficult conversations with them. No. Nobody's really approached their theology. No. It's just kind of, you know, buddies or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, I, there's not a whole lot of people I think that would say like that. Oh, I don't have any mentors, or I don't need any mentors. But I, I think what you're you're hitting the nail on the head that a lot of times guys will say that they have that, but they yeah. don't really. It's more like a buddy, yeah, or it's somebody who you know maybe will you know you know ask you know not ask the hard questions or yeah. only ask questions about certain areas of their life, you know, right. like not checking their theology or, or whatever. Uh, and I think there's one of uh, there's only a couple places that this can lead. Yeah. Uh, it can lead to moral failure. It can lead to you going off the theological rails and becoming a heretic. Yeah. It can lead to you really just um, uh, hurting lots of people mm. uh, and doing damage to the body of Christ and causing division. Like it never leads to a good place right. when you uh, start off on this foot. Right. Absolutely. And I've seen it happen. Like it yeah. happens. Like we know people personally. Yeah that this has happened with and is yeah. happening with. And it's, and it's, it's like, you already can see the future of what's going to take place. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about mentorship and, um, coaching and past episodes and stuff. So I don't, we don't obviously have to delve into dive into that, but 
you know, it, it is a shame that guys don't see the value in it mm-hmm. because, you know, there's when you're not under when you're not under spiritual authority and when people aren't able to speak into your life and they're not able to coach you and show you things. And so that doesn't that doesn't you're missing out on so much. But mm-hmm. and also the other thing is it doesn't have anything to do about whether God's given you a clear vision for the church. No. You know, like of course, like praise God. I hope God I hope he has. I hope you do have a clear vision. And you have a specific vision for what you want to do with that mm-hmm. church and what God's called you to do with that church. But you need men and women to come around you and help mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you know, and guide you. So, and if you like, if you surround yourself with yes men, like if you only want to be quote unquote under authority with people who agree with everything that you do yeah. and say, like that's, that's a problem too. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Um, well, it's where, it's where we get these, uh, it's where we get all these you know, we're seeing all these moral failures with pastors. I mean, it's been happening for years, but you know, these big names that have been coming out lately and stuff and where it all comes, uh, eventually what comes to surface is Mm -hmm. that they weren't, nobody was really holding them Mm -hmm. accountable. And a lot of times, uh, this attitude, it stems from zeal at the start where, you know, I think think guys want to, uh, you know, they are very passionate about what they believe. They're very driven. And a lot of times they are very apostolic and they, they believe that, you know, um, things are, you know, should be done in a certain way, you Mm -hmm. know, in the church, because maybe they're reacting to legitimate issues they're seeing in the body of Christ. And they're like, and they're saying correctly that, Hey, this shouldn't be happening in the church. So I'm going to go plant a church where this doesn't happen. And they begin to, uh, you know, become headstrong and think I've got the answer. I've got it figured out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to let anybody tell me otherwise. It's true. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, big time problematic. You want to move on to the next one? Second. Okay. Why don't you read it? People just won't come back to our church because our worship's not good enough. We meet in a school. We don't own a building. That's a huge one. Not cool enough services, et cetera. Well, if, I will admit if all of those things are true, that may be the reason people are coming back. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If all those are true, man, you know, when I wrote this, I don't know. Yeah. If all those things are true, maybe people aren't coming going to come back to your church. <laughs> But the 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 kind of the genesis for this one is that I hear all the time, well, man, it, our, if we just had a building or, you know, our worship is just not that great. You know, if we just had better worship, we had dynamic worship, people would come back to our, you know, our, our, our church and mm-hmm. stuff. And ultimately, they're just kind of shifting the blame for poor guest follow up. Or I think this is actually even more so. They haven't. Uh, they haven't understood the the spiritual reality that many are not going to come back, mm-hmm. you know, and that many aren't going to come back. Statistics tell us that, and you just have to remain steadfast with the vision God has called you to, yep. and just keep on chopping the wood. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that it's easy to get caught up in like, you know, quote unquote guest retention. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like a lot of churches are trying their best to you know, salvage the seeds that fell amongst the rocks or amongst yeah. the weeds and the thorns. Yeah. And, you know, like, I just think that, you know, it's a, it's a fool's errand. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times, yeah. uh, I think that, you know, obviously you don't want just want to neglect, you know, hospitality and guest services. Like you should be, uh, you know, showing hospitality. You should be following up with people that visit your church Yeah, because, that's loving people, you know, like that's a pretty basic thing. Like, you know, you want to show people that you actually care about them, that you're actually glad that you saw them, you know, that you want to invest in their lives. 
Uh, that's I think that's definitely a good and a right thing. But the answer is yeah. not you know making tweaks to your worship or you know getting a a building or, yeah. or whatever. And some of that stuff is necessary at times, you know. And there's not nothing inherently bad about those things. But when you when you find yourself saying man, if we just had this, then we could really take off as a church. That's mm-hmm. the that's the premise of this one. Yep. You know, if we just had that, or if we just had this, then we could really grow to be a church of whatever amount. Sure. And it's just not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, churches have exploded in gymnasiums and community centers. Um, churches have grown with really poor worship music. Mm-hmm. Churches have grown with all kinds of different problems. Yep. And so that's probably not the reason why your church is not growing. No. Yeah. And it's also, let me just say this for you. Mm-hmm. It's also not an excuse to say like, we got crappy worship no. and we're cool with that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're the church with crappy worship. Yeah. That's what we're known for. We're going to own that. We're going to own that. It's our banner. Yeah. That's our banner. But anyways, so I would just say that. Yeah. You know, I don't, I think that, all of us are guilty of this at, at times. Like I know I've, I've, the thought has crossed my mind at, at times, you know, like, man, if we just had, you know, the Austin stone worship band here, like, yeah. wow, how different would things be? Or, you know, yeah. you, know you know what I mean? And, um, I think it's easy to slip into that, but you know, if we believe what the Bible says, um, then not a single, not, there's not one more person that's going to come into the kingdom of God because, you have, you know, Chris Tomlin doing your worship yeah. as opposed to, you know, Joe Smith, right? Right. Like you're, it, it's not going to... Shout help. out, Pastor it, Joe. <laughs> he's there's not, no, there's he's no not Joe a Smith. person. Well, hey, I'm sure there is a Joe Smith. And he, there probably is a worship pastor out there named Joe Smith. I'm sorry, Joe. I I didn't mean to deny your... <laughs> what if he was like, what if he was like a... <laughs> this is where my mind goes, you see. What if he was like a Chris Tomlin wannabe? And like, he's listening to this and he's like, they know me. They know I'm trying to be like Chris what Tomlin. What if the Spirit of God is using us right now to convict, <laughs> to convict him and convict change him. Sorry, his Joe. life? Sorry, Joe. We're just doing this on the authority of the Spirit. <laughs> Anyways, All go right, ahead. Let's get back on topic. Number- I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about how you don't, you, you say like, oh, if we just oh. had Austin Stone or Chris mm-hmm. Tomlin. Right. That's not going to bring anybody else into the into the kingdom of God, right? Yeah. And so like ultimately that's not what moves the needle for us. Like you might be able to get more people to show up to your church. And I think that if we find ourselves obsessing over things like that, like if you're, you spend your week, you know, wringing your hands, thinking about like, you know, how can we get a better worship leader in here? How can we improve the performance or whatever? Mm. Like uh, you really need to like check your motives because although you might say that your goal is to grow the kingdom of God, just be honest with yourself and ask maybe part of my goal is also to grow my church because I want more people because I feel pressure to have those seats filled up because I feel pressure to bring more people in. Because if your goal is actually to expand the kingdom of God, then you should be spending the majority of your time thinking about things that, that do that. And uh, having Chris Tomlin is not going to do that. It's the, it's, you know, you, you could do a lot better spending your time in prayer and intercession for your city, Mm. spending your time in the word, Spending your time, you know, like like hearing from God, spending your time in the harvest, yeah, you know, sharing the gospel with people. Yeah. Like that's what's going to advance the kingdom of God. Absolutely. So it's good. Yep. All right. Number three. Number three things that church planters say that they shouldn't. Our church would grow if we had a full time staff. Oh, I've heard that a lot. Yep. I've actually had planters lately say, 
Well, that's because you have a support staff. You know, they'll say those kinds of things to me. I'm like, but we didn't always have those people. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. It wasn't you. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't you. I know. But yeah, I mean, the the premise of this is thinking that you can hire your way to growth mm-hmm. instead of developing leaders internally. Yep. That's God's plan. God, that's God's design. Yep. And a lot of times, church planners, if especially if you're a part of like a bigger church, mm-hmm. you come into your mission con your mission field. And you plan a church and you think like, we're going to get to a certain size. We're going to start hiring people. Yeah. Why do you think that is Matt? Like, why do you think that, uh, we, uh, it's so tempting to shift, to slip into that mindset of I can hire my way. to go. It, it's easier. Okay. It's e- a couple of, a couple of things. It's easier. Number one. And p- guys out there with no money are saying, how's it easier? Like we ain't got no money. Right. Well, if you can fundraise and you are connected, it's easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's easier just to pay somebody, even if you can't bring somebody on full time. You can't pay somebody. Full, it, it's easier just throw a little money at them part time and say we need this done instead mm-hmm. of taking the time and energy to assessing the spiritual gifts of the people God has brought to you. Yep. That takes time. It mm-hmm. takes follow up. It takes prayer. It takes it takes trial and error. It takes putting somebody in one spot, seeing that they said they were gifted at that, trusting that looking and observing and say, you're not really gifted in that. Let mm-hmm. me put you over here. Yeah. Okay. You're good there. That might take a couple months. That might take a couple years, you know, and that's a lot harder mm-hmm. than just hiring people. And, and, you know, so that's the primary reason. The second, the second reason why I say would say that is it's all we know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yep. it's how we've seen it done. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we do? Yeah, I, this I, I love. You know, we've had Mac Lake on uh, last year. He's like one of our first guests on the on the podcast. But like, I love what Mac does with the leadership development stuff. It's so good. And one of the one of the things he teaches, you know, like when you get your leadership development pipeline rolling, like it will prevent you from having to go out and hire staff all the time. Yep. And but what 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 have we typically done in the traditional church? We don't look out in the pews who could step up and potentially lead worship or teach the Bible or, or, uh, you know, engage the mission field. We, we hire somebody Mm -hmm. to do that. And, um, and so that's, that's what I would say. That's why we typically do it. It's, it's, it's easier in a lot of ways and it's what we've seen done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there's several problems with it. Yeah. Uh, number one, it's not reproducible. So it's not a model that many can follow because it costs too much money Yeah, and it requires, an exceptional, an exceptional skill level, uh, which is really problematic when you're in a place like Toronto. Yeah. Um, like there are just not as many, you know, like incredible worship leaders running around the city of Toronto that yeah. are going to line up with you theologically. Like, you know, so if that's what you're depending on, especially in an unchurched region, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough road to hoe for real, yeah. you know, for you. Um, and you know, like you're just not going to be able to, if you're also wanting to be a church planting church and that's the precedent that you're setting, yeah. like you're just not going to multiply. Like no. you're really not. Like, I just don't think you can expect to multiply if you think that the way you're going to get there is hiring your way there. Right. Um, secondly, it's not sustainable or realistic. Um, you know, you're going to find yourself praying to God for money for staff while yeah. God's waiting for you to develop the leaders. He's already giving yeah, you, you know, good. he's like, I'm not going to give you money. I'm going to, I'm going to you know, wait for you to develop you people. people. Right. Right. And then, you know, you kind of already alluded to this. It encourages the mindset that ministers are professionals. You yeah. know, I think we actually talked about this a couple episodes ago. You know, yeah. Piper wrote that book, Brothers, We Are Not Professionals. Right. Right. And um, I, I really think that this comes from, like you said, we've, we've grown up with it. 
because uh, at some point in recent history, we began to apply uh, the American business mindset to the church. And we began to look at growing a church like growing a business and yeah. starting a church like starting a business. Yeah. And so what do you do when you want to grow a business? Well, you hire people, you give them raises, you promote yeah. them, you know, stuff like that. You know, man, we bemoan, I hear so many pastors talk about how we can't get anybody to do anything. Well, I wonder sometimes if we've just created the culture of why would we? Like <laughs> you got it all figured out. Mm -hmm. Like you guys are doing it. You know, mm -hmm. your staff is doing it. You quote unquote, the professionals are doing it. Yep. So like, what, what is, what, what do we need to do? Mm -hmm. And so I think if you, if you start your church from all the church planners listening who are in the incubator stage, if you start your church with a DNA of everybody's a, a minister, mm -hmm. like every single person's on mission and you engage that and you encourage that and you let people fail miserably, mm -hmm. you let people do some things and it's disastrous. You know what I mean? I mean, is the world going to stop? I mean, you know, I used to think that the world was going to stop when, when uh, the, the the worship wasn't that great. I mean, I've been I've seen a lot of bad like worship and music over the past, you know, six, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The gospel still preached. People yeah. still get saved. Yeah. So the world's not going to stop if you give some people an opportunity to do something and it's not that great, and you can help them get to what they are gifted in. Mm -hmm. So you just got to do it. You just yep. got to do it. You can't hire your way into growth. And it's it's antithetical to what you know we're called to do in Scripture. Yeah, Ephesians that's right. Four, eleven, and twelve yeah. says that God gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're you're bystepping that, if yeah. you're if you're trying to do the work of ministry by hiring professionals, yeah. right? Like you're you're really uh, shirking your responsibility as an overseer. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think, I don't think it's a stretch to say that it can be a sin issue, honestly, yeah. because you are uh, not doing uh, what God's called you to do. You're not being a very faithful leader or shepherd. So yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, so next time that temptation comes up church planter to like, man, if I, I just need to, you know, drum up enough money in the budget to hire a worship minister, just stop yourself, smack yourself in the face and go, wait, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Yeah. You don't, Maybe they're here. Don't actually smack yourself in the face. Somebody slaps himself and sues us. Sues us. Yeah, they sue the in the trenches. Well, we don't have any money. Corporation. So don't sue us. <laughs> we and we're not a corporation. So <laughs> number four. Number four. You read it. When we get to be so old or so big or self-sustaining, then we're going to plant a church. Man, this is probably the one I've heard the most. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong answer. How about new? How about new? <laughs> You know, man, uh, I was at a conference one time, and <laughs> I probably told you this before. I don't know if I have. This dude literally tells me, um, yeah, when we get to be 700, we're going to plant another church. <laughs> I'm like, what? 700's the magic number for you? Like, where'd you even get that number, man? Was and he being for real? He was being for real. He said, we've done a lot of research, and we feel like when, when we get to 700, in, okay. In, 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 okay. In, in, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know, man. No, 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 no. No, yeah. you're. Uh, my brain is not functioning totally because yeah. I was thinking 700 years old when you were talking. <laughs> and I was no. like, I was like, no, no, no. Wait, what? Like, when we are long after I'm dead, 
and Methuselah <laughs> resurrects and leads this church. No, no, he said when they're averaging 700, 700 in attendance. Well, it's a godly number, but that makes total sense to me, man. <laughs> yeah, it makes total sense. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because like every time we do like a game or something at home and, you know, we're like, who who goes first or whatever, you know, like pick a number between zero to 10. I always pick seven. It's my number. I just go. let my secret out. Oh, my kids aren't listening to this. Anyways, yeah, this dude said when they're averaging 700 in attendance, and um, I said, w- why 700, man? And he was like, well, we've just done a lot of research, and you know, that's when you can really send out a solid team and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it was just, it was bananas to me. I, yeah. I never, but I hear guys say this all the time. You know, we, um, we got to get to be this way, or we got to get to be that way before we can multiply, mm-hmm. and it's just not true. Yeah. Multiplication. Healthy things multiply, um, and that's just what we're supposed to do. Yep. It's just what's supposed to happen. Yep. That's right. Um, I love what Ecclesiastes eleven four says. Uh, this is the passage that like immediately came to my mind when uh, you sent me this this, yeah. uh, this one, um, and it says, "Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant." If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Wow, that's good. And, you know, like I, I think if you're waiting for like the, the conditions to be just right and, you know, where basically where I'll plant a church when it's not scary at all yeah. and when I don't have to exercise any faith whatsoever yeah. because all of my ducks are in a row and everything's already taken care of. I'm not, I don't have to walk by faith. I can walk by sight. Yeah. Does that sound like something that God wants to bless? Right. Mm, no, no. Doesn't. it doesn't. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. So, uh, you know, multiplication is the sign of a healthy church, right? It's not, yeah. you can't become a healthy church and then multiply. Yeah. That, you know, you, multiplication is actually the sign of a healthy church that you're becoming a healthy church. So, yeah. you know, one of our values as a church, uh, Fellowship Oshawa, and uh, your church as well, because you stole it from us. That's right. You stole it from us. Wrong. Who planted first? <laughs> that is. Who planted that, first? You know that you added that value. I think, he, I think he stole that from a sermon I preached one time. Oh, my gosh. I did not. One of our values as a, as a church is risk-taking faith. God. I think uh, it's for the network, too. It is. Yeah. Well, we came up with that together. All, like all of us did. Remember, oh, okay. We did so, the values together. So, so. so we won't give you that credit then. Pretty sure I was the one that was driving that. So. You're like, you're like, well, Fellowship Boss was risking faith, and Matt still risk taking faith. So why don't we make risk taking faith for the network too? There we go. But it is risk taking faith. Yeah. So God always calls us to walk by faith, not by sight. So, you know, waiting till you have X number of dollars or yeah. 700 members uh, is not 700 walking. Members. Is not walking by faith. You're oh, walking in Lord. the flesh. Oh Lord. So, yeah. So don't do that. Don't wait until you're X big or have X amount of money until you plant a church. All right. Let's go to number five, Matt. Number five. Number five. Our church is only going to reach the lost. My church isn't for believers. (laughs) This is interesting because this is a, this is kind of a, um, opposite uh, like this. I feel like this is a great example of the pendulum swing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because for a long time, right? Like, uh, you know, churches were kind of, you know, going after fighting over the same amount of people. And so there's right. this wave of planters that wants oh, yeah. to like, Hey, we're going to reach the loss, but it's possible to take it all the way in the other direction. Isn't it? Absolutely, man. You know, I'm conflicted with this one because, um, you know, is <laughs> one I sent to you, but uh, you know, that's in the beginning. I mean, I, I think I said this a lot, you know, we, we're going to reach the loss and, and we're going to engage lost people and, 
And that's what our church is going to be about. And I think I did swing that pendulum so hard because from my previous ministry experiences, I had seen, you know, the, a lot of the typical stuff that's gone on in established churches, you know, where it's very inward driven, inward focused. Mm -hmm. And so you say, no, we're going to, but you know, church by definition is made up of the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's brothers and sisters. It's the saints who repent of their sins, place their faith and trust in Jesus. So I think if I could go back five years and start over, I would say, yes, um, we're going to engage the lost Mm -hmm. with like crazy, uh, you know, uh, passion, but understanding that the saints that God brings in and the people who are in this community who's been praying for like a gospel-centered church or God's transitioning them out of a church, like they can come and be a part of this as well. Yep. And I didn't really do that in the beginning because we were so zealous. And, and, and like, don't get me wrong, like, I thank God for what he's done. I mean, 70% of our church started with like an unchur- people with an unchurched background. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's because of our emphasis on reaching the sure. lost. And, you know, we praise God for that. But I think if I was to start over again, I would, I would make a little bit of shift mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I t- I've heard, um, I've heard a couple of guys say stuff along these lines, uh, you know, basically like, you know, if somebody, uh, you know, comes here, you know, from another church, I'm going to try to convince them, you know, to go back to their church and <laughs> yeah. to not come to our church. And I, I know where they're coming from on that. And yeah. I think they, I think they, they've been burned or whatever. Yeah, either they've been burned or they're very um, passionate about reaching the unreached yeah. or they've heard horror stories about yeah. you know vision hijackers, things like that. And those things are all true. But I also think that like sometimes like guys are just trying to sound like saying the right thing because they just kind of know that like, yeah. oh, that's what we're supposed to be about. You know, like yeah. most reach a lot. So I'm not going to accept yeah. any Christians like all of you can go back to your own churches. And I don't want you here. It, it, you know, you know the, the older you get, we were talking about this this morning. The the older you get, the the more you realize how how much like posturing there actually yeah. is in church planning. Like how many guys just say what they think mm-hmm. they're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. And then you, it, after you've done it for a while, you're just like, eh, I really don't care. This is like, yeah. you know, yeah. If God brought thirty strong Christians, I mean, hopefully not all at once because they probably left a bad church environment or a split or something like that. But if God brought like some godly spirit filled, you know, prayed up people that want to be on mission, like Mm -hmm. what church planning out there would be like, no. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Like there, so there, we know good and well that there are Christians out there, uh, who are, um, in churches where they're probably not being equipped. They're not, you know, there's lots of Christians, like legitimately yeah. born again people in churches that aren't even preaching the gospel, yeah. especially in areas like ours. Like we see it yeah. all the time, um, you know, and then there's also, we got churches around us that are filled with people that say they're Christians, but they're not converted, you know, yeah. they're unregenerate. Yeah. So they're, they might say they're Christians, but it doesn't mean that they're actually born again. Right. Uh, you know, that could be for a variety of reasons. It could be that the church they're going to is not, you know, a, talking about uh, hard truths and they're not, you know, yeah. preaching, you know, about sin and about hell and stuff like that, Yeah, whatever. But uh, I think that, you know, like we do have a responsibility to, you know, reach those people. Here's what I've found um, for us in our experience, at least we have been very clear from the beginning what we're about. Like we're about uh, going after uh, seeking and saving the lost. And if you're a Christian and you want to come be a part of yeah. this, you are welcome to, but here's what we expect of you. Yeah. You're going to be on mission. You're going to be a missionary. That's just, there's no you know, other way about it. That's yeah. what you're going to do. And you know what we found is that that is a natural repellent for people sure. who just want to come and hit your ride. Like yeah. people 
we've had some people who I could kind of pick up, I could just pick up on pretty early that they, you know, these people probably weren't uh, going to be the best fits yeah. or they were, you know, I've, you know, I've had people who I could tell were vision hijackers come in. They didn't last a month. Like they'd yeah. come around and they'd quickly realize like, number one, I can't come in here and throw my shoulders around, you know, throw my weight yeah. around and, and have my way. I'm not going to be able to come in here and just, you know, hide and, uh, you know, just kind of take a back seat and enjoy some good preaching, you know, yeah. and not be expected to actually apply it to my life. You can't do that at our church. Right. So, um, you know, like they just don't last. And so I find that the problem really takes care of itself. If you're really focused on your mission, you're doing the thing. Absolutely. That's, you know, if you're out there planting churches, that's what, you know, we have to understand. If you know, that's why we always tell guys, like, don't don't launch your church until you've got fruit from the harvest and don't launch your church until you, you are clear about your vision, your values, your purpose, all those kinds of things. Because if you're unclear about those things, somebody else yeah. is going to try to come in and clarify it for you. Yeah. And if you're clear about your vision, if you're clear about what you've been called to do and be, then you can say, hey, man, we, we would love for you to to come and be a part of what we do and, mm-hmm. and, and how we do it and stuff like that. But this is who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not hiding. We're not um, you know, when people man, when 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 people ask us, you know, like uh Oh, what kind of church you are? Are you? You know, like we say, we're Baptist. Yeah, we don't say like, uh, well, Baptist. You know, we yeah, we clarify. (laughs) We clarify. You know what that means? Because some people have connotations in their minds. Um, But but my point is, is that you don't have to run from your affiliations. You don't have to run from who you are. If you're clear about all those things, you can tell that person. And when they come in, you don't have those problems, or they just leave. And you don't have to run people off. You don't have to be a jerk. You know, you don't you don't have to say things like, well, they're not going to be around here for long. We're a real church. No. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Then you just sound like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you have 13 people in your church. Yeah, it's true. So I, it might be helpful for me to share uh, a story yeah, uh, man. with our, our listeners that will kind of give you a an, an example of what this can look like. So when we started... Um, we were praying early on for God to raise up a uh, core team around us. And we were praying for 12, a core team of 12. And, you know, we had a few people that were coming out from your church, Matt mm-hmm. Fellowship Pickering with us. And we knew we needed more. Like we knew we wanted a couple of older couples who were yeah. seasoned and who had, you know, had some experience, you know, um, and just loved the Lord and lined up with the vision. And so we were praying for that, and um, Mike and Judy, uh, and then Chris and Beth are, are two people. couples. Uh, and one day I got a call from uh, this guy named Chris, and I didn't know them yet. And they'd gotten our flyer, and they were interested in wanting to know more. And they were they had been going to a, a church in the area where they had been just sensing for a long time that God was really wanting them to live on mission, and they they sense that they they just weren't being equipped, and they had. They had made a good faith effort where they were to uh, try to get the the leadership of their church to do that, to buy yeah. into that, and they just didn't want to. You know, they wanted to keep doing things the way that they were doing, and so they were feeling the Lord was getting ready to move them on. And so uh, we went and had dinner with them, and um, we, you know, just very quickly like realized like that, you know, these people were, um, you know, God was legitimately moving in their lives. Yeah, and they they love the Lord. They just never had anybody show them how to make disciples, how to share the gospel. Like these are people, these are adults who are in their fifties who had been walking with the Lord and none of them had ever shared the gospel before, Yeah, you know, and they wanted to. Right. And, you know, so for me, um, you know, I remember like, 
I'm not going to look at people like that and go, oh, you need to go back to your church. Right. And try to con- try to talk them out yeah. of living on mission when they're when they're sitting there telling me like like we want to live on mission, but we're yeah. like, nobody's equipping us. Right. So what? But now I also didn't go. Oh yeah, come to our church really quick. What I did is mm. you know we spent a significant amount of time praying. So we said we're going to walk with you sure. for the next couple of months. We'll pray for you uh, as you guys continue to pray. Uh, and just make sure that God's calling you to this. And we laid out for them. Here's our vision. Here's what would be expected. But I was on. I told him we yeah. would, we would love to have you guys here. Like we we would equip you guys. We would train you guys. Uh, we you guys would be a huge asset uh, to this. And if you feel God calling you to be a part of this vision, then we would love to have you uh, come along with us. But yeah. we want you to make sure that God's calling you to do it. So you know, like we. We we weren't running around like begging every Christian in Oshawa to come be a part of right. our church. Like we don't we didn't want that. Yeah. But for those that God was calling and leading, we're not gonna do something silly like try to like talk them out of you yeah. know like coming and being on mission. No, with us. So, because God's just as much in that yeah. as He is bringing a lost person to Absol- your to your ministry. Absolutely. So, well, man, first five down. First five down. I think we're going to call it a uh, call it quits for this week, and so we'll get to. Uh, the next five things that church planters say that they shouldn't uh, on next week's episode. We want to thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure, again, that you head on over and check out our new website. It's the same web address, but a new website, www.getinthetrenches.com. Uh, you can find other episodes. You're going to find blog posts. We're going to have a blog post each week that corresponds to that week's episode. And you can also download our free uh, little ebook, which is a uh, some curated content of 30 of our favorite church planting quotes. It's totally free. It's on the website. Uh, all you need to do is put in your email address, and you can sign up for our. Uh, uh, our newsletter where you're going to be sending, you're going to have access to our episodes as soon as it comes out and also early access to our blog content and then just some other stuff that we've got in the works. So uh, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, We will be back next Monday with another episode. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. (laughs) 